Hey, everybody, Elizabeth here. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you know registration is currently open for our Spring Strong Foundations cohort. Strong Foundations is a five-week strength building program brought to you by me and Morgan Bungers. Coach Morgan Bungers is one of the best, most effective strength training coaches in this country. He has worked with some of the most elite athletes in the world, and now he specializes working with people in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s who want everyday strength. And this is not about being able to push your suitcase into the overhead compartment on an airplane. We need to be consistently and effectively strength training if we want to maintain the strength of our immune system. Muscle is a critical part of our immune system. And if we are not actively maintaining our strength, we are losing it as we age. And that means we are losing the strength of our immune system. It's also a significant component of our overall metabolism, especially our carbohydrate metabolism. Muscle mass plays a huge role in energy, in mood, mental health, bone health, so many different things. This is just not optional, but a lot of us don't do it because we aren't sure what to do. We aren't sure what not to do. We aren't sure if we're moving well. We don't know how to accommodate for our physical limitations or our current level of fitness, and that is why you need a coach and you'd be hard-pressed to find one better than Morgan Bungers. Now, here's the thing about fitness programs. I've experienced this. My mom, who's in her 70s, has experienced this, where you buy a fitness program and then you're like, okay, but I I can't do that workout because I'm not fit enough or I don't have enough balance or I don't have that equipment or that hurts my knees or it hurts my back. And then you're sort of just left to figure it out yourself, which means we often don't do anything. The great thing about Strong Foundations is that Morgan and I are part of it every single day and you have an unlimited ability to ask us questions in a group setting or via direct message so that Morgan can help you scale for you, for whatever equipment you have, for the time that you have, for your fitness level, for your body and your physical limitations. Five weeks, there's two different tiers. There's a beginner intermediate tier. There's an intermediate advanced tier. The testimonials that we have received from our previous clients will blow your mind. You can check them out and also register for your spot by going to primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. If you are an alum, if you have been through strong foundations before, I've already emailed you a renewal link with a special renewal rate. So please use that. If you don't see that email, let me know. For the rest of you, primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. We start on May 13th. So grab your spot now. You will have these workouts for life. Four workouts a week for five weeks, two different tiers. So you've got 40 workouts total. Plus, there is a five-part series on your pelvic floor. That is an incredibly important part of your physical fitness, of your strength, of your core strength, of your overall health, of your ability to maintain functional mobility as you get older. We want you to be a part of this. You will not regret joining the Strong Foundations cohort. It is an incredible community. 
everybody needs to be consistently and effectively strength training. And if you're not, it's probably because you don't know how to make it work for you. And it can be made to work for you. It needs to be made to work for you. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation to register now. Let's get into the episode. This is Primal Potential, and I am your host, Elizabeth Benton. Primal Potential is about you. Your ability to change is not defined by yesterday and doesn't need to wait until tomorrow. Your transformation is now. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am Elizabeth Benton. Thanks so much for spending your time with me, especially if you are someone who considers yourself busy. I did an episode on busyness a while back now. I'm going to link it up in the show notes. I think it was episode 587. Um, and it was called Busy is BS. And I talked about how um, I've really tried to stop using that word, busy. My days are full. I am not saying that not using the word busy means that I have all sorts of idle time because I definitely don't. But I believe that too many people are using busy as a crutch or a get out of jail free card and not taking ownership of how they spend their time, not leveraging the fact that if how your schedule is currently structured isn't working for your life or your goals, that you can change it. And we're taking a different approach to this topic of busyness today based on an article that came out in December and some research on what busyness does to us. And of course, as always, what we can do about it. Because my point is not to tell you, oh yeah, if you're busy, that's a problem, but good luck with that. Because I know many people are truly convinced there is nothing they can do about how busy they are. I disagree, and hopefully you will too by the end of this episode, especially as we talk about some strategies for breaking out of this this rut, this limiting perspective. Doesn't mean your days aren't full, but having full days also doesn't mean that you can't take control of your time, feel in control, be in control, and do the things that matter most to you. So this article that I mentioned, and again, it's going to be linked up in the show notes, so you can find it at primalpotential.com forward slash 723. It's an article by Bridget Schultz. And the title of the article is the same as the title of this episode, which is Busyness Leads to Bad Decisions. And I strongly encourage any and all of you to listen or or read this article in full, especially if you're somebody who is busy. But even if you have people in your life who, who use that phrase very regularly, I hear it all the time, how are you, busy? Okay, that is that all? That's kind of a dead end of a conversation. But this article is really fantastic. It presents a powerful perspective on this notion of busyness. And I'm only going to read bits and pieces to you. But again, I'll link up the entire article in the show notes. It says, when we get caught up in a time scarcity trap of busyness, 
a panicked firefighting mode. We might only have the capacity to focus on the most immediate, often low-value tasks right in front of us, rather than the big project or the long-range strategic thinking that would help keep us out of the tunnel in the first place. So we get caught up in this trap of busyness, this not enough time, not enough of me to go around, and we go through our day, I've certainly experienced this, in this firefighting mode, just trying to put out the fires and just not get trampled. But when we do that, we truly only have the mental capacity to deal with what is in front of us. We do not have the capacity intellectually or emotionally to make great decisions. And this is why so many people who are in this trap of busy, which is self-created and largely due to perspective, this is why so many of those people make poor communication decisions, whether that's at work or with customers or in your own home. This is why people in this trap of busy often make poor self-care decisions and feel frustrated that they're not taking great care of themselves, they're not eating well, they're not getting time for movement in their day, or they make poor spending decisions. Our IQ actually goes down when we are in this this tunnel of scarcity. Not enough time. Not enough of me. And I've shared with you guys before that when I'm working, I often tell myself there's always enough time. There's always enough time. And when I say that, it is in response to this sense of scarcity, this feeling that there's not enough hours in the day, not enough of me to get everything done, but I don't want to go down that road. So I just take a deep breath and I say, there's always enough time. And oftentimes I reevaluate my priorities in those moments. The article says, the concepts of scarcity and tunneling were first described in behavioral science research on poverty. And there was a professor of behavioral economics. And what this professor and her colleagues looked at, they wanted to understand what led poor people in their research to make bad choices with their money, whether that was borrowing at high interest rates or playing the lottery that kept them trapped in poverty? What was it that contributed to this? So they studied sugarcane farmers in India, and they gave them cognitive tests, IQ tests essentially, both when they were doing well financially right after harvest, so there was plenty of money, and also months later after the harvest when money was really scarce. And what they found in their research is that the the scarcity in their lives, not having enough money, not having enough time, was so taxing on their mental bandwidth that it dropped their IQ significantly. Their IQ was lower when they were in this mindset of scarcity than when they weren't. Now, why does this matter? Because busyness leads to bad decisions. Because when we're in this, I'm so busy, I'm just rush, rush, rushing, we're in this firefighting mode of responding only to what is in front of us, we don't have the mental bandwidth 
to think not only about what might be a more meaningful thing to do other than fighting the fire, which is just obvious and in our face, but not necessarily most important, but we also don't think about how can I keep myself from getting here in the future, right? What can I do differently to get out of this mode and stay out of it moving forward? I talked about this in the traction episode of the podcast a week or two ago, but I also talk about this in Chasing Cupcakes, right? In Chasing Cupcakes, we talk about the smoke versus the fire and why so many of us feel like we're dealing with the same problem for so long. I've been struggling with this for decades because we're focusing on the immediate thing right in front of our face, whether that is food or it is stress or it's communication, without ever getting to the underlying root. And much of that is tied directly to the fact that when we are in this rush, stress, busy, chaos, firefighting mode, we straight up do not have the intellectual capacity that we do when we are out of that mode. And reading this research, I was like, you know, This makes me think about why meditation is so powerful for me. I did an episode probably a couple years ago now on why I was practicing transcendental meditation. It's just a particular type of meditation. And it is 20 minutes twice a day focused on a mantra. And when I started doing this transcendental meditation, what I realized is that I was more productive. At first, I thought, there's no way in the world that I have 40 minutes a day to meditate. And then after practicing for a couple weeks, I was shocked to find that I was getting way more done in less time. And I remember sharing in that episode, and it's still true today when I'm very consistent with that meditation. When I started, my workday had been very much the same for probably over a year at that point where I would start work at 4.30 in the morning. And I would keep working. I mean, this is, fortunately, I'm, I'm, I've broken out of this cycle. But at that point, I would start work at 4.30 in the morning. And I would usually keep working until bedtime. I'd take a break for dinner. I'd take a break to go to the gym. But I was routinely working at 8.30, 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock at night every single day. And what I found when I made this time to meditate I was getting through the same amount of work in far less time. And I remember feeling like I was a chainsaw through butter. Like, how, what, how is it that taking 40 minutes from my day can make such a big difference in my efficiency and my focus and just my clearness of thought? But this makes sense because when we're in this scarcity mode, this trap of busyness, and I feel it right now today as I record this, our IQ goes down. We don't think strategically. We are firefighting only the things that are important, that are most urgent in front of us when often those aren't the most important things. That is very, very real. And in the episode that I did just a week or two ago on that book, Traction, I talked about how in business and in life, so often we're just keeping things afloat. And we spend all of our time and all of our energy managing things instead of 
doing what is necessary to create systems and processes and structures and efficiencies so that we're not continuously fighting these same fires over and over and over again for weeks or for months or for decades, right? When we're feeling stressed, when we're feeling pressed for time, this article explains that our attention and our cognitive bandwidth, they narrow like a tunnel, you know? Our brain and our ability to focus gets shrunk down and we just don't see things the same way. We don't consider as many options. This is a big part of why people just turn to food really quickly or they snap at their loved one really quickly because we don't have the mental capacity in this state of stress and busyness and chaos to think more clearly and use our whole brains. This doesn't mean that we're screwed, right? If you're listening to this and be like, well, that explains a lot, and then you write yourself a pass, let's back up a second. The point is we don't have to operate this way. And there are so many ways to better utilize our time. In fact, there's one part of the article, let me find it here, where it says, um, look at your schedule less as a pantry that we want to cram everything and anything into. And instead, look at your schedule more like an art gallery where we intentionally decide what is most important and how to arrange it so that everything fits and it looks good. Most of us have things in our schedule or do things with our time that are not critical. And especially the people who are like, nope, 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 from morning to night, from when I wake up in the morning till when I close my eyes at night, it's all critical stuff. I think you're not being totally honest with yourself because there are pockets of time, whether it's on social media or time wasted on email or participating in things that don't serve you and your highest goals because you feel like you should and you have a sense of obligation, we have the ability to change those things. And I think we need to, because when we don't, it makes for bad decisions. We don't have the same cognitive or emotional bandwidth as we would if we stripped some of that away. And I'm not saying you can do a 180 here, right? I'm not saying you can clear everything from your calendar, and neither can I. But we can make these small improvements. For me, meditation was one of those things, and we'll talk about what we can do about it later. But the fact is, when I carve out time for meditation, especially when I think I don't have the time, I'm actually a better steward of the time that I do have, and I get way more done. Another interesting part of this article says that our brains are wired for novelty, So he actually can enjoy being interrupted with every new message, every new email, every new text that comes in because it gives us this false sense of of being busy and productive. And when we combine that, responding to things as they happen, being very reactive with this sense of time scarcity, it's easy to see how we spend our time and attention on whatever is right in front of us which is not necessarily reflective of where our time should be going for the biggest impact. And it says, this allows us to be busy, which feels good, but it's a false reward. We often mistake busyness for productivity. 
We don't have to stay in that trap. Even just acknowledging that we often mistake busyness for productivity is a powerful first step. One of my favorite lines in the entire article says, scarcity creates its own mindset. Scarcity creates its own mindset. I see this all the time when I talk to people. My best friend is so guilty of this. I'll call him up and say, you know, how are you? Oh my gosh, I'm so busy. And then his entire mindset is on the things that take up his time. And we can have a 15-minute conversation all about why he's so busy, like proving it, justifying it. And I, you know, because we're close, I will often say, like, is that the most interesting thing in your life? (laughs) Are are we going to spend our conversation talking about how busy you are? I know your days are full, right? But it creates a mindset. Scarcity creates a mindset. This is true with time. This is true with money. This is true with everything. I notice this with money. And I've talked about some of my financial affirmations. This is the number one reason I knew I needed to change my money mindset. Because scarcity creates its own mindset. So as I was going through the renovation and hiring new people for Primal and year-end taxes and the baby and, 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 that scarcity creates its own mindset. And it was the mindset of not enough, the mindset of the problem, the mindset of fear, the mindset of lack. Scarcity creates its own mindset. So if for you that's time scarcity, I know when I'm in that trap, the mindset gets created when there's time scarcity or a perception of time scarcity, that there's just not enough, that I'm overwhelmed, that I can't get it all done, that it's a nightmare. Scarcity creates its own mindset. So I spent much of 2019 really working on my money mindset with affirmations like money is a solution, not a problem. I create my results, therefore fear is a liar. Because I serve without limit, I earn without limit, and every dollar I spend comes back to me exponentially. Money comes to me every day from unexpected sources in abundant amounts. Scarcity creates its own mindset. And part of this is just where your focus is, but the other part of this is this cognitive tunneling that actually lowers your IQ. And then you're focused on what is in front of you, which isn't necessarily the most high reward, high payoff difference making activity. It's usually not. So knowing this, what do we do about it, right? Because Most of us have things on our plate, and many of them aren't going anywhere, right? The first thing is to own it. I have a perspective of busy, a scarcity with time, and I want to change my perspective. I'm working to change my perspective. Just that acknowledgement and looking at how else can I see this is huge. I've shared before that on the days where I feel most overwhelmed, I look at my to-do list and I ask myself, which of these things absolutely must be done today or something bad will happen? So I'll use today as an example, right? I'm recording this on a Monday. I always do my daily coaching audios on Monday and I usually do seven at a time. So if I ask myself, is this something that absolutely has to get done or something bad will happen? Well, no, not really. I mean, ultimately, I just need to do tomorrow's. I don't need to do seven. So if I feel totally overwhelmed, then I can change my list, even though I would love to do seven. If I'm feeling overwhelmed, I own the fact that all I really need to do today is one. 
If today is particularly crazy, I can move the other six to tomorrow and nothing will be different. Another thing on my own list today that, you know, initially is a, I need to do this, is record this podcast. But ultimately, this isn't for an episode that airs tomorrow. And even if it was, would it be the end of the world if I missed an episode? I never have and I don't want to. But if, if I'm really being honest with myself, this is something I want to do today, not something I have to do today. I have on my list to make uh, dinner reservations. But if I'm super overwhelmed, could I A, do it tomorrow or B, have somebody else do it? Absolutely. I've got a bunch of people on my list I need to reach out to. None of them are critical to today. All of them would be totally fine if I did them tomorrow. As I go through my list, just using today as an example, and every day is a little bit different, there's only two things that are absolutely critical for today and everything else is, this is what I want to get done to feel productive. So acknowledging that I can convince myself I'm so, 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 so busy, many of these things are things I just opted into. They're not essential. They're not required. Yes, I would prefer to have them done, but that strategy alone has helped me tremendously. Tremendously. The other thing is I stopped saying busy. I just don't use that word. My days are full. And it's funny because as I've made that shift, I'm so hyper aware of it when other people say it. And like I said to my best friend, like, is that the most interesting thing you have to report? I used to do that to my mom and my sister. They would call and they would say, hey, how are you? And I'd be like, so busy. Well, that's a conversation killer because they don't want to be like, oh, tell me why you're busy. (laughs) That sounds interesting. It's a conversation killer. It's a connection killer. It's a dead end. That's not how you are. That might be what your day looks like, but that's not how you are. Just work to not use that. The other, the other piece of it, and I love this, I want to reiterate it, even though I said it a few minutes ago, that comes directly from this article, is think about your schedule less as a pantry that you just want to shove everything in, and how can I move this so I can get five more things in there, and more like an art gallery, where you're being intentional about what goes where, and how to arrange it so that everything fits well. A big thing for me has been planning my time better. So I start my day with my biggest rocks. I used to start my day with email and client check-ins, and that felt productive. I could kind of check 20, 30, 50 things off the list in a short period of time. But then I was using my cognitive capacity, my emotional bandwidth early before ever getting to the most important things for that day. So I, and there's all sorts of different ways to do this, but one of the things I instituted was an inbox lock. My inbox is locked. I cannot get into it until 9 a.m., which might seem early for you, but that's reflective of the fact that I'm usually working by 5, 5.30, no later than 6. So that just means that for the first three to four hours of my day, I'm not in email. I'm locked out. And I also don't get on social media during that time. So consider some of those things in, in just not necessarily taking things off your plate, but adjusting the order of operations in which you do things. You might be spending most of your your energy and your cognitive capacity early on things that aren't the most important. So see if you can adjust those things. 
Identify your unproductive tasks and do this at work and at home. What are some of the things that you do that just aren't really productive, that either somebody else could do or just don't need to be done at all? Similarly, and probably even more powerfully, identify your unproductive thoughts. We don't tackle this one as head on as we do tasks because we don't see them as direct ways that we spend our time. But unproductive thoughts are direct ways that we expend our energy. And with these thoughts, whether it's worry or it's projecting or it's rehashing the past or it's blaming other people, we expend our energy and end up feeling more depleted after a few minutes or certainly after an entire day, right? But if it's a a few minutes of complaining or a day of worrying, that expends our energy. And then we feel like we don't have the bandwidth for all the other things we need to do when we have this energy scarcity as well as this time scarcity. So don't just look at your unproductive tasks, but also look at your unproductive thoughts. There are also some really great books on this topic. Um, The One Thing by Gary Keller, Essentialism by Greg McCowan, Um, Digital Minimalism by Cal Newport. Those are just a few off the top of my head that I would recommend if you are, are one of these people in this trap of busyness. Essentialism, The One Thing, Digital Minimal, Digital Minimalism. Those are great places to start. But as with any reading or any learning, or any taking in new things, go through it from the standpoint of which of these ideas am I going to put into action in the next 24 hours, right? And then put it on your calendar. Otherwise, you just have a better understanding of the problem, but you haven't really done anything to create the solution. Busyness leads to bad decisions. This includes bad communication decisions, bad financial decisions, bad self-care decisions, just bad decisions. And no matter how much is on your plate, no matter how full your days are, this is something that all of us can improve and adjust. I'm going to link to the article that I mentioned in the show notes. You can find that at primalpotential.com forward slash 723. But I would love to hear from you on social media or over in our free Primal Potential Facebook group. Who is ready to stop saying that they're busy. Maybe your days are full, but who is ready to join me in just not using that word busy anymore? I'm excited to hear what changes you try on and try out and see if they work for you to make a shift here. But I think this can be a real game changer as we want to take action and move towards our goals in 2020. Make it a great day. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the Primal Potential Podcast, where my goal is not to inform you, but to transform you. And if you would like to receive free motivation and strategy and recipes, workouts, meal ideas every week right to your inbox, just text the word PRIMAL to the number 44222 or go to primalpotential.com slash join. It's a great way to get the tools, the strategies, and the practical implementation assistance that you need to create your own transformation between podcast episodes. Just text the word PRIMAL to the number 44222 or go to primalpotential.com slash join. See you there.